Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. The podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend that you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners. We've been practicing together for a couple of years now. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you. Oh, and we live in Thailand. Except today, Maya is not in Thailand. She is in England and she's freezing. I am in England, yes, for a week and it is very cold and I don't love it. It's uh, not the 33 degrees it was in Thailand. It's more like 10 degrees. But the good news is in a few hours, you get to go and do some very nice rope with a very nice rigor. Yeah, I'll do some rope later on and that will be fun. Yeah, it will warm you up and also it will warm up your heart. So what are we talking about today, Maya? Okay. Um, so today we have um, a rope-focused episode, so we're um, focusing on a specific tie. Yeah, and today we're doing the strapado. The strapado, yes. So, Fox, what is the strapado? Tell us about what it actually is. Uh, strapado comes from an Italian word. And historically, it is a torture method. Uh, so doing mm. things not very nice to people who are not fully consenting to it in most cases. Um, not consenting at all, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to speak for them. Maybe some of them did like it. But I am pretty sure a large majority did not. Uh, yeah. Which, like, right out of the gates tells us if it was used for torture in the real world, it's probably something pretty serious that we're going to approach carefully, it's right? It's a tough tie. It is, mm, it is a yeah, tough tie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and now, to be clear, not everyone agrees on the precise definition of things in rope, right? So what mm-hmm, is definitely. a strapado for one person? Someone else could argue, oh, that's not really a strapado because I consider a strapado something that has this additional characteristic and this doesn't. So I'm going to try to go to the simplest definition of a strapado I can imagine. And okay. that is the bottom has her arms behind her back and the wrists are tied together with a double column tie or something functionally similar. So visualize arms behind your back, usually in a rather straightened position, and the wrists tied to each other. Uh, Then the wrists may or may not be lifted up. There may or may not be additional rope up the arms. And that's where we overlap with what people can call an arm binder tie, which usually would have some level of rope snaking up the arms, uh, possibly as high as the shoulders, like the the complete uh, length of the arms covered with rope wraps. It can be pulled up, could be tied to a hips harness, a waist harness, potentially. But anyway, something where your arms are immobilized behind your back. Okay. Um, and so, so what's this good for, this kind of tie? Like, wh- why are we using it in this 
situation? What's it doing to the bottom? Uh, the first thing it's doing, no matter what type you're tying, is it prevents the person you're doing it to from using their hands. Because when your hands are tied behind your back, there's not much you can do with them. Uh, except if you're like a spy in a movie and you're using uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, a, a hair thing to, to pick a lock or something. Uh, most I people... think hairpins are as good for rope. <laughs> yeah, like trying to slice rope open with a hairpin would not be very efficient, I guess. Uh, I guess that was more, I had more uh, handcuffs in mind uh, with the movie reference. Um, so yeah, when someone has their hands tied behind their backs, they, they can do very much with them. That can leave them feeling quite vulnerable. Uh, and mm. if you move them around, if you, for example, push them forward, the natural reaction of someone you push forward is to put their hands in front of themselves to, you know, like, secure themselves, right? Yep, to protect themselves from yeah. the fall. Except if your hands are tied behind your back, then you can do that, so you feel more vulnerable. And hopefully, as the top, you're aware that the bottom cannot protect themselves from a fall, so you're not, A, trying to do something for them not <laughs> to fall them. down, and if you're pushing them, you're also holding them back so they don't, won't just like smash their face into the floor. Break their nose on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's one thing that it does. Also, uh, it does something interesting to someone's posture, usually. Okay, because you're pulling the shoulders back with the wrist tie. Yep, and that will tend to make people stand very straight and just in general give them a, a posture that is usually aesthetically pleasant. Uh, it also seems like a good way to immobilize someone if their wrists are tied. So you could tie their um, uh, wrists to something behind them and they're not really going anywhere. And also you've got um, some pain, pain, I think, if the um, arms are being pulled backwards. Yeah, definitely they're not going to want to pull on that too much because it might be fairly painful and so they're going to want to stay, they're going to want to be a good girl and stay in place if you do that. And in fact, the original um, shepardo for torture were used to dislocate people's shoulders, so there's there's some uh, risk of that, which we can talk about later. So yeah. from a rigor perspective, what's the difficulty level of this kind of tire fox? Um, I would consider it fairly difficult if you are doing anything that is more elaborate than just double column around the wrist, if you're also tying um, the arms to some extent. Well, first of all, because... Okay, so why is that? Well, you're working with the arms, and uh, it's a very sensitive area. I consider arm rope to be the type of rope with the highest possibility of nerve damage. Uh, and so you want to be careful about that. Okay. Um, why? What else? What about actually tying it? How's that? Uh, well, the thing is, if you visualize two arms together, you've got essentially a column, right? And one thing that yeah. is difficult is to have regulated, consistent tension, because you're not wanting to be too tight, usually, because you don't want to increase the risk of nerve damage and you don't want your bottom to lose circulation too quickly, which is fairly common mm -hmm. with a strapado uh, and arm binder or whatever you want to call it. 
some people report that just even putting their arms in this position without even the rope being on it yet does give them the beginning of circulation uh, reduction and obviously the more okay. rope you add and the tighter you tie it the more that circulation impairment might be a problem if it is something you consider a problem in your rope and that is going to depend on the bottom uh, some people love to have their circulation restricted some people seek it out in play some people don't like it at all some people don't want to do it because it might uh, make it more difficult to identify other types of problems. But anyway, yeah. the difficulty is managing this uh, Goldilocks sweet spot of tension and tightness. Because if you don't tie tight enough, then what happens with a strapado, and I've seen it happen quite a lot, is it just falls off. Yeah. As, as soon as the person moves or yeah. they stand up. Yeah, if the tension is or... not regulated. Uh, think of it like a, lot, a I think, in this tie, so. yeah. Think of it like a sock that wouldn't have a strong elastic band at the top. Uh, as soon as you wiggle a bit, it just falls off the foot. Um, and what about the safety level for the bottom? So we've talked about a few different risks already. So we know it's a torture device originally, and we've talked about the possibility of nerves in the arms, and of course nerves in the wrist because you're tying them. Um, potentially a double column or some kind of handcuff tie on the um, the wrist so that gives mm -hmm. you some um, risk there um, and we've talked about the shoulder joint dislocation um, and we've seen well, a number of other possibilities of um, uh, risk uh, and we read a particular rope incident report Fox can you uh, talk about that a little bit yeah sure hey guys this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Yes, yeah, so indeed, without uh, getting too graphic, the method in which this tie was used as a torture device is you would pull the person up vertically from their wrists, tied to tied behind their back, and that would put a lot of pressure on their shoulder joints uh, until they were um, damaged. And in some cases, the victim would even be suspended solely from that. Uh, and obviously when we talk about the use of this tie in suspension, we're not going to recommend that you do a suspension solely from a strapado. Uh, and in no. that, uh, no, that wouldn't be great, I don't think. And, uh, but what we're also going to talk about is that sometimes you don't intend to and you end up doing it if you're not careful. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So in this rope incident report okay. uh, that we're going to link to in the show notes, uh, that person describes having a fairly serious injury as a result of uh, strapado, which um, uh, she says had the consequence of loss of all um, sensations from the shoulder down to her fingers and also her muscles in her arms being very, very weak. So that that's quite... Uh, terrible and uh, and very commonly if you're not careful with a strapado you can damage your shoulder joints or dislocate your shoulders 
which is something that is not only immensely painful, but also will require some serious medical uh, attention as well as recovery. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, um, if people are interested, there's some very good description of what the injury felt like, which mm -hmm. I think is worth uh, reading in that open stint report. Um, but yeah, she also, they also tied um, on an already injury. So again, like I think in work generally, if you're tying on injuries, that's pretty, that's something to be really careful of. Definitely. So uh, Maya, I've been talking a lot about what this tie looks like and what it's like to tie it, but as a bottom, you've been strapados before, right? I have, yes. So what has been your experience of being in that tie? Um, so it's nice in terms of um, compression, so it pulls your shoulders back. Um, I, I mean, like you say, there are lots of different kinds and they all feel uh, feel different. So for me personally, I have quite flexible shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, and so bringing my arms behind my back um, is nice. Like it's um, something that I feel comfortable with. Uh, so for me, not going too far, because obviously with the strapado, you're going to need to hold it. So mm -hmm. there's something about, okay, be aware of how much you're pulling back just because you can push your arms and shoulders back to the max doesn't mean that you should for a strapado if you're then going to have to hold it for and you are someone who is hyper flexible your your arms do in fact bend back in my shoulders yeah yeah my arms bend back is a good um it's a good fit name for me because they do and yeah my shoulders are hyper flexible so they go back in all kinds of ways but that doesn't mean after a while it's not uh wearing I would yeah. say. Um, and of course, where the arms are changes your posture and also changes the feel. So if your arms are just behind your back and straight down, that's one thing. And that's for me immobilizing, but not super painful, depending on how tight the uh, compression is. Mm -hmm. But obviously, as soon as you move your arms up, um, so taking, if you imagine the person is face down and you're moving the wrists above them, so there's a gap between their bum and your wrists. Yep. The further you do that, obviously, the more pressure it puts on your arms, and that's the place where you can dislocate your. So the shoulder. the angle so beyond that, the angle between the spine and the arms is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I can I can go quite far on that, but you know. You don't want to go too far, but you will dislocate your shoulders. And, and for you personally, um, what would you say that angle can be before you feel it's too risky or too uncomfortable for you specifically? Uh, interesting question. I mean, probably a bit less than 90 degrees. Okay, which is, I, mean, I, I think, could... very much. I think most people might get uncomfortable earlier than that. Yeah, I think I can, I mean, you are honestly better place to know this because you're actually watching while we're doing it, but um, I think I can go over 90 degrees, but I wouldn't keep it there. It would hurt me. Um, and so a bit less than 90 degrees, I think, is best for um, if we're doing it for a longer time. Okay, and, and once um, again, it's going to be different and, and, with everyone, and you have to respect the anatomy of every exactly. person you tie with, right? The anatomy, their flexibility, and also the amount of pain they want. So maybe one day we want a more um, intense scene pain-wise, and that might be a time when you would. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a tie further, that uh, lends itself doing... very well to Semenawa by definition. Yeah, 
very much so, very much so. And different types as well. So holding, having rope um, on your arms. So for me, I find rope on my arms a little bit scary because I've had a couple of um, uh, finger, nerve finger issues. And so that then makes you a bit more cautious because you know what an injury feels like and you really don't want that. Um, so I'm very, I'm hyper alert when there's rope on my arms, I guess. Yeah, which I think is um, a, so how a good we... thing to be. Yeah, how are we using the Thai uh, fox? So we can use it in a number of ways. Uh, we can use it for immobilization. So why would we remove someone's use of their hands? We can use that for humiliation purposes. Because when someone can't use their hands, then they can't defend themselves against a number of humiliating things, right? Uh, yeah. You could do things like uh, slap them, like write on them, do any number of things, have them perform oral sex on you or on a third party. And with their hands completely tied, they have a very limited ability to uh, defend against it. So it, it can be used like that. Um, it can also be used in pet play or dehumanizing play when you want to remove them the ability to uh, to use items and ustensils, ustensils like a person would and you want to uh, put them in a more pet mind space that can be also useful for that yeah so if they need to eat out of a bowl or something like that yeah for instance it's a very good tie for that um, it is also a tie that is usually enjoyed by people when who like very strict bondage because it gives an intense uh, sensation of being restrained yeah uh, I would have to uh, to say that it's important to remember how important arms are in a, in a person's balance. And you might not realize it because your brain is doing that in a very automatic fashion. But as we walk around, as we go up and down stairs and so on, we're constantly using our arms to keep our balance. Uh, and turns out if you completely immobilize someone else's arms then they don't have this balancing device anymore mm. and so I would be very careful to assist a person if they had for instance to go up or downstairs in a, an arm binder kind of thing and yeah and I would have a handle on them potentially literally tie a rope handle and hold them by that rope handle as they go up or down the stairs so they wouldn't slip and fall so mm. that's that's one. And you don't it. have to lift the hat wrists. You don't have to lift the wrists. You can also tie them to the body, so the yep. hands can be on the butt. Yeah. Um, and you're just as immobilized if they're if you're tied to your a waistline or something like that. And and you can do a lot of interesting things also with the hands tied near the butt situation where you can have them hold their um, cheeks spread, for instance, if that's what you're looking for. Or you can have them uh, stimulate you sexually with their hands as a, a foreplay to uh, penetration from behind and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, then another use uh, of a strapado that I like quite a bit is if you start lifting the wrists carefully, as we said, and you fix those uh, wrists to an overhead point, then the person will have to bend over. It's, it's not something they're going to be able to prevent doing. They are forced to bend yeah. over uh, because of the pressure on their shoulder joints, and that's the only way for them to relieve that pressure. So you have this lever 
the lever, I guess, uh, that forces the person to bend over at the waist. And that also can be used for humiliation, that can be used as a position for intercourse or other kinds of sexing. And that is quite good potentially to use for impact play on the ass area. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and do we use it in suspension? We've talked a bit about the risks of that, but are there any places we'd use this kind of tie in suspension? Box? We can use it in suspension. I would not recommend doing a full suspension just from a strapado, even though I know that some people do do it, and that's their choice and their risk profile. It wouldn't be part of mine. I would uh, have the weight be at least in part somewhere else so that the person's full weight is not on their arms and shoulders. Uh, and then one thing I would do also when I use a strapado in a suspension is have a safety line going to some kind of chest harness or chest wraps in order that if the person loses balance and falls, they're not going to end up putting additional pressure on their shoulders. So that safety line to the chest doesn't need to be taking a lot of the weight. Uh, it could even be somewhat slack. But if the person starts falling, then it's going to tense up and take take the tension there and save a shoulder. So don't tie the shapado first. Don't tie the shapado first in a suspension. Ideally, ideally, you would want, yeah. to... ideally, you would want to secure the person and make sure she's not uh, going to be falling and then anchor the strapado to whatever you're tying to. Um, I believe, Maya, you have witnessed a, a scene that you felt was a little bit dangerous when a person was being um, put in a, a strapado to a hard point wearing high heels, right? Yeah, so there's um, there's definitely some um, bondage photos out there which are, you know, erotic, but also dangerous around um, people in high heels with their strapado. Um, and uh, I watched someone recreate that scene, um, but it, it, the heels that they were wearing, the model was wearing, were super high, and so there was more risk there because she just found it very difficult to keep her balance as soon as her arms were up and she was in those heels. And there wasn't a... like I don't know whether there was going to be um, a waistline on second, but that was the thing tied second, and so... Um, that yeah, there was some some risk there, and in fact, the bottom couldn't hold the position and had to um, come out of it before the tie was was finished. So I think it's worth, as we said before, remembering that bondage photos on the web they might have been in it for like two a minute and taken out, and yeah, we don't know what's photoshopped in and out. So. Yeah, yes, trying it was trying a, to a reproduce. Risky one. I could easily have dissipated our yeah, shoulders. Tr trying to reproduce professional photos uh, without knowing exactly what goes into that can can be dangerous. I would agree. Uh, lastly, as mm. a use for the strapado, you can use it uh, as a posture enhancer, like we said, to present someone, like you would do with a posture color. So if either posture training or like presenting, for example, your uh, your slave at a play party. That can be quite nice. Hmm. Can you think of any other uses? Okay. Um, no, that, I mean, that seems like a lot. I think, I mean, the bondage thing is obviously the thing that m many people are using it for and tying it to something else. So the 
bottom is very immobilized, as we've talked about. I think that's um, so, very common. So, Maya, what kind of scenes have we actually used trapezoids in? Well, funnily enough, uh, you and I used this in our very first rope scene together when we, we really met. Did. Um, when I really didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, At least you weren't worrying so, as much. That's true. That's We're true. young and innocent. There's a lot more worry. Now, now I know all the like so much more. There's more worry. <laughs> um, so you actually did um, as your first tie on me, ambitious as you ever are, uh, a dragonfly arm bend, arm binder. So yeah. tell people what that is. Uh, so basically, it would be a variation on this type of tie. Uh, so same basic position, arms straight behind the back, and we start with loops around the shoulders, and then make more and more loops as we go down in the manner of Texas handcuffs until we arrive at the wrists. So you would have a series of loops pulling the arms close to each other all the way down from the shoulders down to the wrists. Okay. Um, and it's quite pretty and it's quite difficult to tie as far mm -hmm. as I understand, a dragonfly arm binder. Um, and I was on my knees in front of you and you were behind me mm -hmm. um, and it was very connective and nice and then what did you do uh i believe i pushed you forward in in the manner i described as making people feel vulnerable sometimes whilst also holding you back so that you wouldn't in fact crash your face into the mats bang my head yeah and i slowly um i guess unbalance you so you would progressively fall forward onto your chest which had the effect of exposing you behind in quite a nice way Okay, so anyway, that was the first um, time we tied together, and that was a very successful one. And then more recently, we've been playing with it um, in a more labbing and workshop way, and then using it in scenes. So um, what scene did we use it in? I think we used it most recently a week or two ago. So what was, what was that um, tie? It was a partial suspension, or at least it was designed to be, uh, in which you were standing. And we started mm -hmm. with some chest wraps and attached those to an independent upline so they could serve as the safety line I described earlier. Um, mm -hmm. You had a strapado that also included a top wrap around your chest. So the rope was going around your wrist, around your arms, and one wrap of it was going around your chest above the safety And why did you harness. do that? Uh, I did that because then it doesn't fall off easily and I don't have to tie your arms super tight and super dangerous like in order for it to stay in place because that topmost wrap around your chest and I apologize if this image is not very erotic is the elastic band at the top of the sock. Okay. <laughs> Um, what else did you tie in that uh, scene? Because there was had, a few bits to it. Yeah, you had a hair tie. So your your head was uh, pulled up by your hair. And you had double columns uh, around your ankles, as well as above your knees, which forced your legs to stay together. And once you were in that position, there was some caning, some impacts, and some uh, thorough use of a vibrator on your person. 
Okay, and we also I also put my weight on the chest a bit and uh, leant forward, and that was quite interesting to try the sensation. Although some of that was also just trying to get away from the cane. <laughs> and then you were a bit naughty toward the end, and you decided to lift your feet off the ground, putting yourself in a full suspension, which wasn't expected. I just wanted to try it. Well, you you did you did try. Yeah. It. And so what was it hanging from? That? I mean, it wasn't this is. Um, it was nice. It wasn't something I could do for a very long time. The chest, basically, the pressure was on their chest harness and a bit on the hair tie, and then in the strapado. So it wasn't a full, uh, obviously, strapado hang, but it was a reasonable amount of pressure on it. Um, and I kind of bent my knees so that I would swing from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was kind of nice. Um, it felt like a nice shape uh, for for me in it, but I don't know um, how it looked. So it was nice. Um, uh, it looked really good. Nice to try it. It was surprising, to be honest. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, and I definitely didn't think I was going to be able to do it for a minute or two. It took a lot of effort, just because I don't have the athleticism of some... Uh, I quite like those um, positions that allow you to transition rapidly back and forth between a partial suspension and a full suspension. Yeah, yeah, but definitely, um, definitely did that. I mean, it's not like this, the partial wasn't quite a lot of effort <laughs> because <laughs> of the way that you tied it. So, um, so but yeah, but we can put links. We I think we have photos on our fair of those two, so we yeah, can we should, um, we link should to link those to so those, people definitely. can see an example. Uh, so after having said all that, would you say, Maya, that the strapado is a tie that you enjoy, and do you see it being a common ingredient of your rope going forward? Um, it is a tie that I like um, because I like my shoulders being back. I get a bit nervous about the arm rope, so there I'd probably be like it's not something I would tie with a newer rigger, um, only a more experienced rigger, and I would have the conversation about arm injuries beforehand um i do like my shoulders being bent back and my arms coming back um yeah so uh, i don't know i mean we have so many things to play with in the rope um area that we don't tend to do any tie a lot because we mix it up a lot but um for sure it's something i'd like to keep including all right well maybe maybe Uh, maybe your nice scene today will be inc- will include one, or maybe not. That remains a surprise. Uh, about me, yeah, I can I can see myself uh, tying more and more strapados. I think it's um, a tie I understand better now that we've labbed it more extensively. Like we had a particular evening where we tied three or four different strapados and tried um, different structures, different ways of tying it, what could uh, be moved in certain ways. And that really helped me gain a better understanding of that tie. And now I feel more confident and I think I'll be using it more and in a more of a varied kind of way. Okay. So that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So iTunes or SoundCloud. And come find us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast. Single word, no hyphen or space, just rope podcast. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs> <laughs>